0: Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the One Year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is November 22nd, and our reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, When you're reading the book of Peter, I think it's important to understand who's writing this book. Of course, Peter was one of the disciples, and he's kind of the leader of the group. He's outspoken. He's bold. He's zealous. He's a little impulsive, right? He's that guy. He's the one that said, if all of these other guys deny you, I never will. I'm even willing to die for you. Just a few moments later, Peter denies Jesus three times. He's humiliated. He's broken. He's weeping. He basically walks away from ministry, goes back to fishing. In John 21, Jesus comes after Peter. You remember the conversation they had three times? Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And in this process, Jesus is restoring Peter, inviting him back into the family. And then in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit descends upon the church. And in that moment, Peter discovers, I'm really in. God is with me, right? They see the tongues of fire. They hear the the people speaking in different languages. They hear and feel the wind rushing through the house. And it's in that moment that Peter knows I'm in. His faith is restored and renewed. And he stands up and preaches the first sermon of the early church and 3000 people get saved. And Peter was never the same. Well, that's the guy writing our book. And so understanding that perspective helps you to understand kind of the context, the heart behind some of what he's going to say here. So watch this beginning in verse two. He says, God, the father knew you and chose you long ago. So Peter understands I was chosen. I didn't work my way in because the truth is I wasn't too good at that. And he says, by his spirit, he made you holy. And as a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Peter understands we all need lots and lots of grace. Isn't that true? Don't you need some grace? Grace is undeserved favor. And I need more and more grace from God and more and more grace from the people around me, right? We're imperfect and and we do dumb stuff and we need God's grace and we need God's peace, man. We live in a time right now that's so chaotic. And when Peter was writing this, it was a time where Christians were being persecuted. They had no rights. They were being hunted down. It was a very dangerous, scary time. And so Peter's praying. You need more grace and you need more peace. And I'm praying for you. And I know some of you listening. and you need more grace and you need more peace. And I'm praying that God would give you more and more grace, more and more peace. Verse three, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy, not our performance, but God's mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation because Jesus rose from the dead. We live with expectations that we too will be raised from the dead and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. So you've got an inheritance. It's being kept for you and it's through your faith. God, verse five, is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. I love that. God is protecting you. God's providing this inheritance and God's protecting you and protecting this inheritance. Boy, Peter understood that firsthand because he denied Jesus. He walked away. But what he discovered is Jesus was going to remain faithful. Jesus wasn't finished with him yet. Jesus was hanging on to Peter's inheritance. It really wasn't up to him. Isn't that good news? Aren't you glad that God remains faithful when you're unfaithful? And I hope you know that your inheritance, all that God has promised is being held by the power of God so you can rest in him. And what that does is it produces in us a love and a desire to be close to Jesus, the one that loves us. And it's not based upon our performance. Verse six. So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. And our life is full of trials and trouble. But listen, be glad. There's a great inheritance coming. Verse 7, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire, test pure gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So Peter says our trials have some value. Our trials are testing and purifying our faith. And when God tests and purifies our faith, one day when we stand before him, we will be rewarded for the purity, the quality of our faith. And that faith was purified in our trials. So maybe today you're going through a trial. You are not alone. God is with you and God will redeem every trial. God is with you and God is working in this moment. The key is learning to open our heart to open our eyes, to see, to look, where is God at work? How do I join him? How do I invite him into this situation and into my heart to understand everything that's happening and use leverage this moment to move me forward in my faith? Verse eight, you love him even though you've never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Boy, that's true now, right? We love Jesus, even though we can't see him. He's been gone for 2000 years. We love him, even though we can't see him and we trust him and we ask him that God would produce in us a joy that is inexpressible. And listen, we can all hang on to this truth, that the result, the reward for our faith, our trust, is the salvation of our souls. We will live forever in paradise with the Lord. Isn't that good? Man, Peter's going to teach us a lot about how to hang on to our faith and to walk with God in the midst of our suffering in the midst of our trials. And one of the the keys to that is understanding that there is a great reward coming that is held by the power of God. And the result of our faith will be the salvation of our souls. I'm going to pray for you, Father. I pray for every person listening. God, for more and more grace. And more and more peace. Lord, we're so grateful that you chose us and that you've made us holy. We thank you that through our faith in Jesus, you've placed your spirit inside of us. You are faithful and you're always with us in every moment that even though we encounter trials now, you're working in those trials to purify, to enrich, to strengthen our character, our faith. And one day we will be rewarded for the quality of our faith. We'll be rewarded really for what you have produced in our hearts. So God, I pray that you would give us peace and give us faith to believe and to hang on and to to be patient as we wait and long for your return. God, I pray for every person listening. And Lord, no matter what they're going through, I pray that they would see you feel you, experience you, hear you in their trial, in their struggle. God using and working that to grow and to build their character and their faith. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.